This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, January 25th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. Does the Trump administration's strong support for anti-Maduro forces in Venezuela actually help Venezuelans? And why is the Trump administration so concerned about human rights in Venezuela, but seemingly less concerned about human rights in, say, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, Turkey, and the Philippines? Cato's John Glazer comments on the latest tumults in Venezuela and the U.S. role in it. Over the past several years, particularly since uh, Hugo Chavez died and uh, sort of appointed his successor, Nicolas Maduro, uh, things have really slid downhill. Uh, So as a result of lots of bad socialist economic policies, hyperinflation, and increasing authoritarianism from the government of Maduro, there's widespread economic strain. Uh, People are not getting food. There's massive outflows of uh, refugees from Venezuela. And there's unrest. There's massive amounts of protests against uh, Maduro's government. Now, what's weird about the Trump administration's policy is that pretty early on, Trump made some pretty outlandish comments about Venezuela that seemed at the time to be out of left field. He was talking about You know, using euphemistic phrases like all options are on the table to deal with the unrest in Venezuela, which everyone knows is kind of code for we still might use U.S. military action. This, of course, very much pleased some of the hawks in Trump's administration. Pompeo and Bolton, John Bolton, have been very, very eager to uh, ramp up the tensions with Venezuela. A few months ago, John Bolton made a speech in which he identified the troika of tyranny, uh, the countries of Cuba and Nicaragua and Venezuela, as a kind of implicit allusion to the Bush administration's axis of evil. And so they've really, really jacked up the, the rhetoric and the antagonism towards Venezuela in this period. There was a little noticed uh, New York Times article back in September of 2018, which reported that members of the, the Trump administration had been meeting face-to-face with uh, rebel Venezuelan officers who wanted to plan some kind of coup. That was, again, very little noticed. It kind of was reported in the New York Times, and nobody paid much attention to it. But now, Venezuela's opposition leader, who's the president of the National Assembly, essentially uh, the legislature, has declared himself interim president, uh, trying to oust Maduro. His name's Juan Guaido. And the United States rapidly recognized him as the new interim president, along with a number of states uh, in Latin America, the Organization for American States, and sort of lent their legitimacy to it. Maduro acted very angrily towards this, of course. He, he's uh, threatened to uh, expel U.S. diplomats there. And then the United States called for a United Nations Security Council meeting uh, on the situation in Venezuela, which... You know, it's a pretty big step. It's a diplomatic signal that uh, the United States wants the world to focus on Venezuela. And, you know, according to international law, if the United States wants to introduce some kind of military force in another country, uh, they would need UN Security Council approval. So that's, I think, kind of what that's supposed to signal. The other kind of troubling part of this is that not only has it been discussed as a way to respond to this, that we should cut off funds and further sanction the Maduro government, but that we should send aid to the opposition, particularly led by Juan Guaido. So this is very clear kind of 
intervention on the part of uh, the opposition in Venezuela. And apparently Rubio, uh, Senator Marco Rubio, had been working on this effort since uh, a few weeks into the Trump administration. Uh, he organized a meeting with the wife of a famous uh, Venezuelan opposition leader who was, according to the New York Times, the architect of Mr. Guaido's rise. Rubio was in talks with the Trump administration in the past couple of days saying, look, here's what we want to do. We want to recognize Guaido. It was known before that he was going to announce himself uh, president. And so this is looking a lot like things used to look in the past. I mean, the United States has a very long history of intervening in Latin America and imposing regime change. Columbia University's John Coatsworth identified 41 instances of U.S.-led regime change throughout the 20th century. Um, so this is a, a habit of ours to constantly meddle in the internal affairs of uh, the countries in our own hemisphere and often not on the side of the Democrats. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of weary about this uh, U.S. sort of interventionism uh, in Venezuela, although the terrible Maduro government, you know, there's no excuse for them. They have no, they really don't have legitimacy. They've been tearing the country apart, really, and they're brutal authoritarians. But it's curious to me, number one, why it's in U.S. interest to get this deeply involved in such a heavy-handed way where we're meeting with rebel opposition leaders and kind of helping to orchestrate uh, a coup. Uh, and secondly, how this fits in with Trump's overall foreign policy. It seems to be incongruent with his kind of general America firsty, let's not intervene in the internal affairs of other countries kind of sentiment. So I, I was about to ask, what has that given us the fact that even if you accept the idea that the United States is, uh, you know, late to the game and perhaps isn't actually orchestrating a lot of these things behind the scenes, the fact that it looks that way really feeds into the narrative of uh, people like Hugo Chavez, like Nicolas Maduro, uh, who would like the people of Venezuela and, you know, many other countries have, the, have sort of the same reaction to uh, U.S. plans or U.S. desires, uh, which is to say, let's keep these people out of our country. How does that help? How does the U.S. making such a, I guess, a big show of its interest in the uh, regime in Venezuela or other countries, how does that actually help the long-term stability of those countries or does it? Well, it's unclear to me that it, that it necessarily will. When we begin a kind of uh, process of meddling in the internal affairs of a country like this, there's often um, misplaced certainty and overconfidence in, the, in our ability to trust the opposition or help usher in or guide some kind of uh, transition in government. You know, we don't know that much about this Juan uh, Guaido. And, and, you know, it would be perfectly consistent with our history if, you know, years down the line after we help him, his rise to power, you know, he turns out to be a nasty fellow himself. We just, we just don't know. Uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out why we, why the Trump administration in particular is, is doing this. Part of it might just be personnel. So he has a number of neocon-leaning and nationalist hawks like Bolton and uh, Mike Pompeo, who've been very forceful in this kind of regime change rhetoric, borrowing from the neocons of the, of the aughts and the 90s. It might also be oil. Trump is kind of attracted to big uh, national 
resource countries like that. He stood in front of the, the intelligence community soon after he was elected and repeated his his uh, refrain that we should have taken Iraq's oil. Um, so maybe that's a factor. Uh, maybe the refugees uh, fleeing from Venezuela concerns Trump in, in terms of U.S. immigration. He doesn't want more people uh, from our south uh, to be coming into the United States. So, I mean, it's hard to know how he fits this in his worldview. Um, but I think you're right, though, that it's important not to overstate uh, the level of U.S. involvement and the extent to which we can actually guide events in Venezuela. I think what you have instead is a permissive environment for a coup in Venezuela, um, along with very willing agents uh, in power and close to power in Washington, D.C., who are very, very eager to help along this kind of transition in government, essentially a regime change. Why does this administration, and I know uh, the Obama administration had some tense dealings with the Chavez and Maduro governments, but why is this administration taking such a specific interest in Venezuela when Donald Trump himself seems to be very friendly with people uh, like the, the leaders of the Philippines and Turkey who are not exactly nice guys? Yeah, so this is what gives the lie to the notion that uh, we are interested in ousting Maduro for democratic principles and values. Um, the Trump administration has buddied up to lots of ugly dictatorships, including uh, war criminals in Saudi Arabia who continuously bomb Yemen for uh, very little good reason and outside the uh, bounds of uh, international laws of war. As you say, he, he's buddied up to many other dictators, uh, North Korea and uh, the Philippines and, and this kind of thing. So it's not clear to me at all that the references to democracy in the context of our policy in Venezuela are genuine at all. So again, the question is why? I think you have a few firm, uh, hawkish Republicans like John Bolton, Mike Pompeo, Marco Rubio, who've been working on this kind of thing, in particular with Venezuela for a long time. It's an old issue for them. You know, they've always disliked the dissenter in the region who challenges U.S. power. That was part of why our obsession with Cuba and part of our obsession now with, with Venezuela. So again, the specific reasons are not all that clear. Part of it's just strategic inertia. We've been doing this kind of thing for so long that it's just in our bureaucratic and strategic uh, reflexes when instability occurs and we think we should sort of guide policy and uh, the internal affairs of uh, states in our hemisphere. And, you know, that that's so common in our history and goes back so far that we're just in the habit of doing it. The actual real reason is probably a confluence of all these things, but... Uh, uh, the, the real question is what it means for Venezuela and what it means for potential U.S. foreign policy because uh, I worry about a, a situation in which, you know, the Trump administration makes this firm call to recognize the opposition leader and have Maduro be ousted. Uh, that might put U.S. credibility on the line. Uh, we've shown, we've made a big thing of going to the United Nations Security Council. Is that going to make Trump feel that he's obligated to use military force? You know, that's a real possibility and a real possibility for a big fat mess in our own hemisphere that we, I don't think, are prepared to handle at this moment. 
John Glazer is Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>